Hey, how you guys doing? This is producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Marvel Hacks Season 7, Issue Number 1. Now, we gave you a double shot, really, kind of, because most of you kind of probably already listened to Blurred Notes where we talked about what happened at San Diego Comic Con. Then we had a little bit of a recording snafu. So now we're coming back here with House of X and talking about all things X-Men here on this particular issue of Marvel Hacks. On the line tonight are the two Marvel Hacks. I'm not going to introduce them like I normally do. It's the Sandman and it's Brother Beavis. Guys, say what's happening. Hello. What's going what's on, y'all? Yeah, everybody's here. So what we're going to do is go over House of X. But before we get into House of X, we're going to talk about Giant Size X-Men number one. And the reason that we're doing that, if you've already read House of X, spoiler alert, it has to do with Krakoa. And Krakoa is really the main antagonist, I guess, in the Giant Size X-Men book. So I kind of wanted to throw it to y'all, having read this for the first time in a very long time myself. When was the last time you read Giant Size X-Men number one, Brother Beast? Uh, I th- I think I probably bought like a reissue or something. So it's it's not it's well after it came out. It's it's it might even be this century. Um, but yeah, <laughs> when you, and you when you brought it up, I was like, um, I was like, man, I do need to read that. I can't remember. As soon as I started reading, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it it reads like a comic book that was made in 19 whatever it was made. Uh, it's 68 pages of comic book goodness, um, but yeah, it, it does read like a 70s comic book. Uh, Sam, yes. when was the last time you read it? Um, from, like I said before on the other podcast, um, it was like <laughs> late late 80s, um, early 90s sometime. Actually, I, what I originally read it on was the, I don't know if you guys remember the classic X-Men uh, comic book, which they reprinted mm-hmm. yes. the um, the um, actual uh, original X-Men uh, issues, and they put, they had an artist come in and put in like a different story that kind of embellished on that story, and so, and yeah. my dumbass, I didn't even realize that at first, reading it for the first time, I was like, why is this artwork all over the place? Because, you know, I, obviously I recognize Burns are. And then it kind of like would go somewhere else, and then they would like they would they would insert it in the story, so it was a little yeah. bizarre sometimes. But uh, anyway, the, that was the first time I read it in a, a, a version of classic X Men, and then I read the real one after that. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, long time ago. Regardless. With this era, with this era, it's like if you were asking for representation, you better be careful what you're asking for because it's probably going to be a poor representation of, <laughs> of anyone who's yeah. not a white male. Yeah, uh, That's the truth. Yeah, we're gonna, and we're going to get to that very, very quickly here, uh, very, very shortly. Uh, I would like to tell the story about the time that I wanted to buy that giant size X-Men book, and I saw it at the Dragon's Lair, our local comic book shop in the town that we grew up in, and it was $40, and all I had <laughs> at the time was a paper route, and that really wasn't lucrative, uh, to say the least. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was one of those books that was behind the counter. You know, and it was, was it Dragon Slayer or Bookie Parlor? No, this is Dragon Slayer. Oh, Dragon Slayer. Before, oh, you, yeah, this, yeah, this is where, yeah, this is where we're Downtown. diverting into two America, yeah, two Americans here. Uh, we weren't allowed <laughs> to go in the Bookie Parlor back then. So, no, I've heard uh, we those stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was unadvised uh, at any yeah. time. <laughs> Yeah, so was that dragon there on Fifth Street downtown? <laughs> no, no, the dragon there on Fifth Street downtown was our local comic book shop. Yeah, and, that was our, uh, our and that's where we would go get all of our stuff. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it sat there for the longest time. I was like, oh, I should probably get that, but yeah, it never happened. And so now it's definitely not worth forty dollars if you uh, have no. a really decent copy. You you know you could yeah you could do some things, but anyway, all right, so. We're going to look at this and um, like kind of globally. We're not going to review it like we would a normal book, and definitely not like how we're going to do House of X. We just kind of wanted to talk about the introduction of the X-Men characters in here. Brother Beavis alluded to uh, be careful of what you wish for in terms of representation, <laughs> uh, but also kind of how it leads into House of X, uh, talking about Krakoa. So uh, the global part of this is that the X-Men have been, or the old X-Men have been kidnapped. Xavier is out recruiting new X-Men. And he recruits a whole new team. Uh, and we'll talk about Krakoa here in a second. So um, it opens with Nightcrawler in, I think he's in Germany. And he's getting jumped. He's getting hunted and haunted down by some townsfolks that think he's a demon and a devil. 
Nightcrawler got a lot of offense, though, Brother Beavis. He's beating some <laughs> I was thinking about that, too. He's, like, doling out six six health at a time with his typical <laughs> strength. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He could take out regular people. He, he no demonstrated his wall crawling ability, and yeah, he was he he got a <laughs> he was the uh, the the hot, the hot opener to get the crowd hyped. <laughs> he did get the crowd very hyped. Um, uh, he was the cruiserweight the cruiserweight division. Yeah. yeah, he was getting a lot of heat too to open the show as well. Um, but yes, yeah, so <laughs> well, they did have torches. Hi oh. So yeah, so it's a, it's a good opener. Sandman Wolverine comes in. He's a traitor. Uh, he's <laughs> yeah. from Canada. He's like, you know what? Y'all, let me get me out of this monkey outfit. You know, what do you think about Wolverine coming in? Um, every Wolverine, quick and to the point. Um, Kurt and, Kurt and a jerk, you know? He's <laughs> like, who comes in? Hey, I, I, okay, I'm here. Who's the big wig? And uh, like, I'm the big wig. Blah, 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 blah. And... You want a job? Sure, let's go. And uh, the dude's like, what? <laughs> it did flip kind of It's pretty easily. funny. It's pretty yeah. funny actually reading it. I, I haven't read that in a long, long time. And yeah, it, and I remember as a younger man reading that, and I was like, why is, why is this dude in the suit all oh, mad and shit? He wanted to go, let him go. But now, being an old fart, and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> so. <laughs> and they always bring it up. They're like, we put a lot of money in you. Uh, you know, uh, Weapon yeah, X. Weapon X. Blah, blah, yeah. But, yeah. Well, it's I think continuing X. the theme from the Nightcrawler scene, they're like, we own you, is basically what they're saying. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they <laughs> try to teach him like property. To that. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Yeah. And Wolverine's costume has the, the issue 181 from the Hulk. He's got the little the whiskers. The little whiskers on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's always fun. All right, uh, Storm is a goddess, Brother Beavis. Uh, you know they're worshiping her. She's, Wait, uh, you you skip Banshee's two panels. He got his two panels. Oh, sorry, yes, yeah, Banshee <laughs> got two panels very quickly. He's yeah, one of my favorite. He, he was like watching a movie, and he's like yeah. watching a movie. He's like, yeah, uh, I could join the X Men, but I kind of want to finish this movie first. So that's all right. Yeah. That's kinda <laughs> Yeah, he was Netflixing and chilling by himself. Uh, uh, so um, <laughs> before his time, yeah, Storm, the goddess. It's 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 like creepy. I mean, the whole thing is like, oh, this this <laughs> can't even do it. It's like, oh, this black teddy butter. You know, this like, yeah, oh yeah. my god, it's just uncomfortable. Like the, yeah, the idolization is. of Storm. Yeah. Uh, Colossus is a communist, y'all. Uh, he's yep. out on the collective, uh, farming his sister, who's you know we'll talk about her getting older later on. But mm-hmm. yeah, I like when he's like breaks. he's like Papa. What do I do? He's like follow your heart. Well, my heart tells me to stay, but my conscience says to go, so I'm gonna go. Like your dad just told you to follow your heart. And you're like, nah, I'm good. I want your advice so I can ignore it. Thanks, pops. Yeah. This man tells me things, Papa. It's like, oh my god, it's so terrible. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Thunderbird, I got it right this time, y'all. Thunderbird really hates the white folks a lot. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and then he says things that he says things that it sounds like a white person thinks a Native American would say. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uncomfortable to say the least. Very. Yeah. Uh, Which is really kind of sucks because. I always loved his design, um, and then when he changed into a bear in that one X-Men cartoon, I was like, oh man, Thunderbird's <laughs> awesome. What What do you mean he's only in three comic books? Spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you also skip Sunfire's two panels. He's also well, a dick and hates everybody. I'm also bringing him back, yes, because he right. and Thunderbird are essentially the same character. Just one yeah. is Japanese and one is Native American. Um, exactly. Well, that's but the story I heard. Is like they they were some of they were like, well, we have like these like between Wolverine, Sunfire, who they were writing out anyway, and uh, Thunderbird is like we have like we have this kind of character who's an asshole, and his powers like overlap with everybody else. Why don't we just kill him? And I think they were expecting yeah. somebody to say, "No, we can't do that," and like nobody spoke up, and that was <laughs> the end. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Probably Thunderbird. 
Oops. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, Sunfire. <laughs> he just hates everybody. And I, I can't remember everybody. in that panel or whatever. They actually call some. They actually call him because he's like, I'm not going anywhere with you, niggas. Fuck y'all. And <laughs> then like when, yeah, when they're flying to the place, he shows back up, and they're like, Hey, look, the Jap is outside. I'm like, Are you kidding me? Oh, Jesus. Like, oh my God, that's. I can't remember who said it. But it wasn't. I think it might have been uh, Thunderbird that actually. Yeah, said I think that, yeah. that would be more Thunderbird it's style. It, yeah, it's still yeah. not right. Uh, it's not right. I don't care who wrote it. Well, the, yeah. The was, funny yeah. thing is, is like if you like, I remember the visuals of this way more, and I think all these characters are awesome looking. Like even Sunfire is just a great visual. Banshee is yeah. cool. You right. read this, you're like, these they are all reprehensible. These are terrible <laughs> individuals. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. And so as they, you know, again, the global plot is is that Krakoa is feeding on the old X-Men and he used his I guess he had some mental powers too to convince yeah. Cyclops to leave the island, convince the Professor Xavier to go get some new mutants so he could feed on them too. And so once they do get back there, we have this particular battle against Krakoa on the living island. And uh, brother, he was explained the the final <laughs> boss sequence because um, it's it's because comics. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I take my role of translating uh, comic book physics into reality very seriously. <laughs> yeah. And so here, here they get uh, you know they get Polaris who has I think enjoyed a complete non-speaking role up to this point. Uh, I think they said, they have. Ah! Yeah, don't stop. No, actually, her dialogue like is like porn actress. Cause she's like, don't stop, don't stop. Yeah, so she's like, Jesus she Christ. if she gets elect. So, oh, all right, I'm going prior to the X Men again. Or maybe it was mm. someone, remember when uh, when Magneto hit somebody with like uh, oh no, Storm tried to hit him with electricity. Oh no, I was in the X Men movie. She hits him with electricity. Yeah, He's like, oh, don't you, don't you? Oh no, the. I'm all over the place. So, like in the in the Pride <laughs> of the X Men, he's like, "Don't you know electricity and magnetism are related?" And then oh, uh, in, the, right. in the movie, he's like, "He's like, she's gonna fry him in the copper thing." He's like, "I thought you yeah. lived at a school." Uh, so yeah, yeah exactly. magneto, he's like, magneto burns. <laughs> but anyway, as we now know, sorry about this. Uh, electricity and magnetism are related. So Storm powers up Polaris, who gives us some porn star dialogue. And then they shoot Kratoa right off the face of the Earth. They yeah. reverse his mag. They reverse the gravity and shoot him off. And then they all get sucked into a whirlpool because there's no island there anymore. And Iceman mm -hmm. has to create an ice boat like he's one of the Wonder mm -hmm. Twins. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, we're talk about him in a little bit, by the way. But um, yeah, and that's Krakoa is off into space. And kind of what we were talking about before was like, we're not sure if Krakoa ever made any reappearance back that he come back to the Earth or the comet or um, something. And like, and we weren't really sure if there was any other modern comics besides the one that we're going to review today or where Krakoa was something that you knew about. It was just kind of always like, oh, you know, this happened on Krakoa. But it wasn't something that they kind of got, went back to as far as we knew. It's not like the Savage Land where it kept coming up over and over again because he mm -hmm. was the living planet and now he's gone. <laughs> but is he? So we get in the House of X here and kind of something that we alluded to before was that, again, not saying if you love this, like it, hate it or whatever, House of X or whatever, it, this is an ambitious effort. Uh, by Jonathan Hickman. Okay, it doesn't feel like a standard reboot of a comic book. It feels no. big, deep, yeah, very it feels deep. Big. If it, that's what she said. It feels. Uh, it feels. That's what she said too. It feels large. It feels like. It feels like something different. Wow. And you know, for lack of a better term, you have to put like a, a warning on this one. Yeah, exactly. It feels. It feels organic. Okay, it feels like something that's completely different than. X-Men Blue, X-Men Gold, uh, Age of X-Men, whatever that thing is that Rosenberg did for those 22 issues. Like, it feels <laughs> different. And again, that's not giving you anything about it if it's being good, bad, or different. We're going to spoil the shit out of it. So if you haven't read it yet, I, I saw today that Marvel actually underprinted this. Like, it sold a shit ton of copies. And wow. they, they undersold the second print already. So if you didn't get a copy, I, I left work early. 
or right during my lunch to go get a, uh, a physical copy in my local comic book store here. Like I bought the director's cut because I was really, you know, this Hickman stuff is kind of dense. I wanted to be able to kind of try to make heads or tails of it before we started this podcast. So, House of X. So going. Yeah, and, and they did. They did a midnight movie. release at my comic book store. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you had that's mentioned crazy. that. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah, they were ready. They were fired up. Um, mm-hmm. Sandman. So going in. You know, mm-hmm. without spoiling the book or talking about the book too much, because we're gonna do it now. What did you think of the book? I or thought it the, was before you before you read it. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, like my anticipation going in, I didn't know what to think uh, yeah. going into it. I was, uh, I think you said earlier, um, I was very apprehensive about it to say the least. Because yeah, mm-hmm. we've been we've been burned so many times with these reboots. I mean, I don't. Mm-hmm. They're all running together. I really don't even remember what the hell we read before. And that's yeah. th- that was the level of the story that you know they, they were telling. It was nothing, nothing that was ever going to stick with you. And um, and uh, also what you said before, there more more meat on the bone on this. Definitely, I mean it's um, yeah. it's much deeper. It's much yes, it's much more ambitious. It's um, they're trying to go somewhere. They're actually telling a story and laying it out for you, which was refreshing because that's not what they were doing yeah. in those other books. And um, yeah. I'm very uh, much like where I'm, uh, where they're going so far. I have no idea what's going on really, still, but um, they got me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. They hooked me. Yeah. A very dense uh, book in terms of information, uh, brother Beers. Yeah, I think you know going in, the thing that troubled me was they're like, oh yeah, you should continue reading these books because it's all building up to the next big thing. And then the yeah. few things we saw come out is like, wait a minute, your next big thing looks a lot like a lot of things we've seen before. So, yeah. again, like I made the comment, you were like, I read House of X. I'm like, just, you know, just, just don't even tell me. Like, let <laughs> let Marcy pull the football out again, so I can just right. like, like let me have that split second where. I fall for it for the thousandth time, uh, <laughs> and then my my hope my dreams get crushed. Just like just let me have that at yeah. least. I got yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, so again, Jonathan Hip- Hickman, Pepe Lariz on art. Uh, the book opens up with uh, it, it made me feel it felt a little bit like the Matrix, uh, where people are being birthed out of pods and coming out of the slimes of the pods, and you see them all coming out and they crawl over to. What we know to be now Charles Xavier. Oh wait, skinny. wait, wait, wait! I was going to ask you about this. You read uh, the story where he came back to life to the end. I don't think I did. Can you catch us up in that regard? Who is yeah. Professor Xavier right now? He is is Phantom X's body after he got li- re- released from the Shadow King. Is that who this is? Apparently, yeah. That was in. Uh, I don't remember what X Men book that was of one of the relaunches there. Um, but yes, that was how he came back alive, that he assumed the body of Phantom X, and that was why he came back alive. But he was also full with his face at this particular time. You know, he wasn't wearing Cerebro on his head like this dude. Like, this yeah. dude looks like the, what is it, I think the maker in the ultimate yeah. uh, Fantastic Four. Uh, that came from that, or from the multiverse of Fantastic Four. That's what he looked like. In the like. Secret Wars. That's what I really thought it was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought it was initially, but no, it's definitely Xavier. And I, but I don't know if there's any correlation between that book and this. Book. All right. So uh, the okay. me that's been hurt over and over by Marvel is just going to say, you know, at some point they're going to take the fucking helmet off, and it's Cassandra Nova. I mean, yeah. we all fuck. Oh, wow. We all know that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I hadn't thought of that until you just put it in my head. Yeah, me but, either now. And, That's all I'm going to be thinking well, about. Yeah. <laughs> well, he drops the classic to me, my X-Men, as they all crawl out of their pod peoples. Mm-hmm. And then we get this floral introduction. Like, so these floral things that you see X-Men characters either planting or harvesting, you know, flowers from starting from five months ago with Colossus all the way up to two weeks ago and then we get to this thing it's called a habitat and we're looking at a habitat in jerusalem and all the floral and fauna is all grown over this particular building and you don't really know what that is yet for uh it's the plant Mm -hmm. though krakoa and so it throws it back to giant size x-men number one and again like okay i'm not sure (laughs) how or why this is an issue at this particular time but okay it at least has you intrigued 
and so there's ambassadors there from uh, was it China, Russia, uh, a couple of other places, and they're at this habitat to this you know to discuss this telepathic offer that Charles Xavier sent out to the planet, and that offer was and this is one of my uh, critiques here. I'm a big star by it. Uh, you know they have to recognize this new mutant nation Krakoa as an independent sovereign nation. And if they do that, they'll give them um, an extended human life for five years, mm-hmm. uh, a cure for all brain-based disease for humans, and then some super-duper uh, antidote or uh, antibiotic. Antibiotic, yeah. Yeah, if you had the antibiotic, I don't know why you need the extra life for five years. But, no. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. Whatever. Um, but yeah, so like this is an offer that has been made off-camera by Xavier to these leaders or countries of the world. And... Um, these people are here to discuss what's going to happen, these ambassadors. So kind of what were y'all thinking about the the, the offer and the, the I guess, the habitats and uh, Krakoa growing all over the world, uh, Brother Beach? Yeah, so um, the one thing I do like is I like the sort of white pages where this, this interspersed kind of notes. The design of it is just... Mm-hmm kind of really striking I, that that's an element of the book that i think is really cool um mm. yeah i was very confused through this initial part of it and um because it does sort of you're not sure where or when many things are happening um and i definitely do agree like uh like being able to cure diseases of the mind is is way more useful than five extra years uh, or yeah. may even <laughs> yeah. so yeah. yeah but yeah it, there, i mean they haven't really teased it but I the thing that gets me about this book is it's so many so much of it is not necessarily new but it has a different twist and I think Mm -hmm. that's what makes it a little bit different than what we've seen before like Mm -hmm. we've had we've had like the mutants have their own place but it's because they've claimed something like they claimed Genosha or you know, or they or they move to limbo where they put themselves in danger to get off of Earth. You know, so there's that. And then mm-hmm. and then as we get into it, like the you know, the 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 the, anal- the racism analogies as to how the X Men are regarded all break down when you think about all the other superheroes. So there's this whole this thing we get as we go further is this idea that it's more of a sort of an evolutionary competition argument which I think is a little right. bit uh, makes a little more sense so I think there's all the things we're seeing here about the mutants wanting to you know either taking power for themselves or wanting to be treated this none of this is new but there's twists here that's like okay maybe this is we can draw a line from all the stories we've seen in the past and go go somewhere that's interesting so Right. I'm a little confused, but it's it's sort of appealing at this point. Right. The ambassadors are greeted by two of the Kaylee Cuckoos, uh, Esme and Sophie, um, and they've been invited inside to this habitat of Krakoa. Um, they want to meet with Xavier, uh, but they're greeted by his emissary, which is Magneto. So Xavier and Magneto are working together. Uh, they are, you know, the superpowers wrestling team. And uh, what do y'all think of Mag? What do you think of Magneto dressed in white there, uh, Sandman? Uh, yeah, that's. Um, I never understood why he changed to white. I don't remember what exact book it was exactly, but it's strangely fitting for this book. Um, there's almost this sanitized kind of thing with uh, Krakoa and uh, their little society <clears throat> and these habitats and stuff, whatever they are, that they're. Um, um, that they're inviting these ambassadors into and stuff, and you know they're trying to show them everything. So yeah, um, yeah, he's kind of got this emissary thing going on, a uh, guide or whatever, and um, so it, it's it fits it fits the story, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he's not being too much of an asshole, <laughs> at least not not yet. Yeah. Not yet. yet. Yeah. He's, Something. Yeah. yeah later on. <laughs> yeah. He's got the other cuckoo with him as well, so there's still the three of them. Uh, and then there's these little interludes that are in 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 between, like certain parts of the book, to explain everything. That's explain going on. stuff. And this is what yeah. I was talking about. Like, yeah, there's a lot of meat on this bone because you have to read some of this stuff to hopefully try to figure some of this out. So there's six different flowers 
three help the humans and then three are for the mutants or whatever. Mutants. So, mm-hmm. like, the L flower extends human life, the I is the antidote, and the M is cures the mind. And then the other three flowers for the mutants opens the gateways, which is the pathways from one place to another. If I plant one plant here, if I put another one there, I can I can jump gateways. It's really fucking monstrous. Eh? Um, a habitat. Uh, <laughs> the self- <laughs> yeah, it is, really. Uh, yeah. the, the biodomes that they can live in. And then no place, which is the black flower, which is a negative so trope. And, and that's outside the consciousness of Krakoa. And so we get that you know this explanation about what that is it's like oh okay and then we get a like a visual representation of how this becomes because we cut scene to the gray malkin habitat so we never know more x mansion it's the gray malkin habitat mm-hmm. um, i want to blow that up too uh you see gene gray dressed as marvel girl and she's leading air quotation the new mutants uh that's still an awesome costume by the way yeah it is yeah, yeah the original one inspires awesome yeah. yeah, it inspires awesome cosplay too, by the way. Um, and <laughs> and she explains the rules for the gateways. One, only mutants can use the gateways because the the Krakoa system recognizes us. You still have to ask permission to go through the gateways, and then no humans are allowed through a gateway without a mutant, or like with them. And mm-hmm. so those are the rules of the gateways. Um, and then inside of Gray Malkin, you see was that Cipher? Cipher and like. Uh, yeah, um, Doug, you got Doug I, Lock yeah. I guess Doug Lock, I think more explicitly, and then Sage, yeah. Sage Nazareth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he and it, it when there's the the overhead shots of that when they're looking down there where you see all the eyes or whatever, it really looks like something sinister created. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you got yeah. that kind of uh, uh, feel from. I it, didn't, but very, I do now. Yeah, it's very mm-hmm. kind of organic and like the stuff that Sinister had like back in the day. And you, you know, you kind of start to think about some of those things. Um, and, you know, he set up this whole system, you know, how it works, how, you know, all the shifting between all the gateways and all that stuff was set up by him. And essentially, he's the only one that communicates through that system. And then once we do get the gateway, Gene takes the new mutants, air quotation, through uh, the gateway to Krakoa. And, you know, it's essentially the Garden of Eden. Like, everything is perfect. Everybody's there. Jesus, I mean, Charles Xavier is there. Wolverine is there, you know, playing mm-hmm. with kids in playing the yard. Kids, like, yeah. I mean, it's this big old thing. Yeah, I mean, he's happy, you know. And Gene, you know, gets this kind of shit-eating grin. I, I would say it's a shit-eating grin from Charles. No, just like, you know, this is yeah. the creepy part. So. Because it, this looks like mind control to me. Because mm. he's, he's yeah. reaffirming, we, you're safe here. We all are. Mm. This is like some Stanford yeah. shit. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't. I didn't see that. I just kind of thought it was, you know. Yeah. Now that you put it in my head, maybe that. Yeah. Really <laughs> you know. Damn. Yeah. The, yeah. The first time I read it, I didn't get that, but now, yeah, it does seem exactly yeah. like that's what's going on. That's well, and then now yeah. you put that Sandra Nova thing in my head, too. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I, I hate you know there's a swerve wrestling a term coming. Yeah. yeah, there's a swerve, for sure. The interlude in between before it cuts another scene to space, bitches, um, is uh, you see how the island of Krakoa is divided. And there's 12 states. Um, and the names, I mean, some of them, you know, are fairly obvious and because uh, we've seen them before and then others you don't really know so there's house of x which i would assume is xavier's uh state house of m which would be obviously magneto's arbor magna arena academic habitat transit oracle another matrix term the grove the cradle the reservoir the wild hunt and the carousel so there is you know, some matrix have bullshit in this states. yeah this is matrixy i didn't pick up on that yeah, I, I, I mean, I think uh, I'm, I'm jumping to the end. Okay, there, this is the Matrix is a, essentially a, a Jesus corollary. Yeah. Uh, so this is too. Um, you know, it's not a coincidence that they built the freaking habitat in Jerusalem. Like, I, I think there's yeah. this corollary. Between, yeah. Like, you yeah, know, I got that too. Oh yeah. The, and, oh yeah. And Old Testament, New Testament. Like, yeah. I think all of that's there. They, they crossed the desert and found their own their own place. Exactly. Yeah. So, right. I mean, right. I, I definitely feel that there's that's what we're doing here. Um, and again, you can tell that story, and it's been told in a thousand different ways, and it can still be interesting, like the Matrix. 
but you know, it's. I mean, it's. Oh, wait. Once you've seen no, it a couple of I'm times, gonna, you feel. Uh, it. No, the Matrix can only be told once because they tried well, two <laughs> other times, and it was terrible. So the yeah, story of the Matrix can actually only be told once. Yeah, you're right. My bad. So yeah, so we cut scene and we go to space. Uh, there's a ship docking space uh, with the space bitches. Uh, the Forge, and <laughs> essentially, uh, to summarize, the humans have recognized that hey, our time here is limited. At limited, best. yeah. Um, so we, yeah, we need to get up the hell off of this thing, you know, like Wally, and make our own little um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <space> <laughs> planet away from these mutants. And the and, and, that, and that could be a crossover because it's all Disney at this point. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. So <laughs> damn Disney. Uh, so. And then the station is run by people that are remnants of a whole bunch of other government organizations. Shield, Aim, Strike Force, Outflight, Hydra, uh, Sword, like, yeah, all these people, Aim, like, all these have, like, kind of partnered together to essentially get themselves off of Earth so they can, you know, and, and, and this is what something that you had said, Brother Beavis, that I didn't think of until we were talking about the individual titles. Now, are we just doing this off-world stuff? Like, this is some sort of separate world that's not 616. Because if you're doing something like this, there's no way that you can write these books without including, you know, the Avengers, the Invaders, the Defenders, mm-hmm. whoever the hell else, if you're telling all the humans are getting off Earth, and so you wind up going to have an Avengers versus X-Men again. So it makes mm-hmm. me think that it's not, just like you said, like this is just something else. Um, well, I didn't I didn't read this as outside of the... the 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 ex, the universe we're reading but i mean at the so the the setup here is we had the when the mutants were sterilized and so there's a there's a research paper written in here and there's mm-hmm. a presumption that once the, the once most of the mutants were depowered or killed that they were going to die off and in fact they came back harder than ever mm-hmm. and harder um, than ever. that's right <laughs> so um so then then humanity says, ooh, very clearly this could become a problem, and these are the things that are going to make that a problem. It's like if they try and take mm-hmm. over the world, if they try and take over, uh, take, take over the population, the finances, or take over territory, then th- we have this contingency. So you have this, art, this sort of this organization, which is the, the biggest part of it is AIM, and then you have mm-hmm. Shield and Strike, Sword, but yeah, Hydra mm-hmm. is in there a little bit too. So you have this sort of this collection that's that's try that's it basically staged this contingency, um, and they're recognizing that mutants have actually upped their game for once, um, mm. and it's significant. So this is sort of a new. This isn't just a new Sentinel program, although right. one of the coordinators is a robot, but it's not yeah. just another Sentinel program. This is another way in which humanity comes maybe has something has a response, which I was thinking about like all the. All the uh, dystopian stories with the X-Men in the future, it might start out as humans versus mutants, but it always ends up as mutants versus robots. Like humans never yeah. really have a part in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Yeah. So maybe this is a way where that actually, you know, it actually does stay human versus mutants. So again, this is just you know stuff that has the same flavor, but we haven't seen this variety before. I mean, and nothing that we've read, and again, between Blue, Gold, whatever that Avengers or X-Men book, I can't remember the name of, nothing of them were, again, the word is ambitious, this ambitious. None of them were. It was just telling kind of standard, you know, kind of paint-by-number stories. And this is clearly not that. So, I mean, if you're in a situation, and we've, again, we've read a thousand X-Men books and a thousand reboots at this point in time, like, okay, this, this at least feels different. It yeah. may be retelling a story that's kind of sounds like familiar, you know, kind of like um, uh, the Force Awakens, mm-hmm. but it's at least different, and it it, it yeah. like it reads like something that is is gonna or makes sense to me. Like the other thing I measure this like, against is the se- the new Secret mm-hmm. Wars, um, mm-hmm. and I distinctly remember getting that first one and reading through them like this this makes absolutely like there's there's no substance here. It's like yeah. this yeah. is a thing, and this 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 is a thing. See you next month. Like yeah. you know, there's this <laughs> is actually there's some story in this book. Yeah, that right. also written by Hickman as well. 
you know, and he he kind of made his bones or whatever on, you know, like the Avengers books or whatever. And his books are, they're dense. There's a lot going on. And you have to, you know, be paying attention or you can miss a whole bunch of stuff and, you know, and have to have it explained to you later. But I just think that with this, like he's at least given us something like after all the books that we read is is so much. I mean, I'll use the word better, but we're coming from a, a, a different, you know, kind of point of view because those other books really weren't that good. Um, so, yeah, it's the Orcus Protocols is what you were explaining where those all those organizations got together. And they got activated about a year ago once they figured out the calculations. Like, oh, the mutant's about to take over, so we need a contingency plan, the doomsday plan. And so they're going to build this board, this space. I believe they said, uh, the mutants be wildin'. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hide your money, y'all. There's just mutants around. Uh, so. uh, With your broke ass. So, <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. the Orcus project, and so, and so they built up this whole big old space station that is a lot bigger than it looks when you when you when you first see it in the initial shot. It doesn't look that big, but then mm -hmm. when they do the wide shot out, Karina, the Omega uh, Sentinel, or whatever, you know, she's like, "Where's my brothers and sisters?" She's like, oh, they're out mining shit someplace, you know. But don't worry, Mercury. we can make some more of them, and they cut yeah. out. Yeah, you see this yeah. master mold head there. You know that's at the center. Ah, oh, so I kind of I saw that as a celestial, but you're right, that is master mold. It's master yeah, mold. It's a master yeah. mold. Yeah, so it's got to be. And, you know, again, it appears I mean, think, to be think, the ace of spades. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> think about where you are halfway through this book, though. Think about where you are. You created essentially a whole new world on Earth and in space in about ten pages of book. That's a lot. It's ambitious. Yeah. You give. I mean, this ain't just like you know, boom, pam, piff. You know, there's none of that in yeah. this. Keep hitting and, them harder. And, you know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just. I don't know. All right. So we cut scene. We go to damage control. You get. I'm a, I call them the Brotherhood, but it's really not because Sabretooth's in it. So you got Mystique, Sabretooth, and Toad. And Toad They're broken yeah. into a facility to steal something. And damage. I got beef here. That, okay. Let me do my damage control thing. That was damage control was something that came out of kind of the MCU, yeah. and it got yeah. put into the comic books as well. Is about this, you know, the the hero. Damage control existed before Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, far from Homecoming. Yeah, yeah. So they go in there and they mm -hmm. clean up all the messes that the uh, the heroes leave. The heroes but leave they added, uh Yeah, yeah. He, Hickman has this little bit of extra part here, like yeah, but they're also would hold like particular technology for t particular heroes or whatever so that seemed a little hokey but yeah go ahead your beef and then i got sandman for something so there's there's a couple panels where it's like blurred to show action again this yeah. ain't a goddamn movie like you don't have to blur it you don't need the blurring yeah. visual effect draw the mm -hmm. goddamn picture that's my yeah. beef <laughs> well and the reveal for the next team or whatever i'm not a big fan of that art on there so as they're making uh, their but escape, i think the team itself is very telling though very yeah. intriguing i would <laughs> oh, say oh very much so um so they're making their escape and they get confronted by the fantastic four but really it's the fantastic two because it's just thing in iron man but before you get to that you get another cutscene and you get the damage control interlude uh look at all the stuff that they had in there sandman Mm -hmm. uh, they clean yeah. up messes, blah blah blah. But look at all that. There's a bunch of Iron Man armor there. A bunch of them. yeah. It's Does like four or five armors. The soulless, yeah. yeah. What is the yeah. soulless anvil and the soulless hammer? You hear anything about that, Sandman? So soulless anvil and hammer. I don't know yeah. exactly what those are. Um, they sound familiar, so I think they're. The, mm -hmm. I think I've, I think they've been in another, um, obviously another story. But uh, these are all Tony Stark's. Um, um, items or are these both of their items together in and Reed? Uh, yeah, yeah so. Reed's and Tony's because the you know they left it in their storage locker and nobody yeah. paid the bill and so it got <laughs> out of the storage drawers. And, and the government <laughs> and the damn government got their hands <laughs> on it apparently. <laughs> so yeah, they yeah. just start boxing up this shit. What are the <laughs> catchphrases? Government jacked their shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> terrible. Uh, before we figure out that Fantastic Four thing, we go back to Jerusalem, and the Ambassador's tour continues with the Cuckoos. Um, and they go to the Hub Center, and, you know, like, okay, and again, it is Monsters, Inc. Like, how do we know where the doors are? Well, you know, we have this new language, and over this door it says this, 
and Magneto drops a line there that is very, it's a very deep line, especially for marginalized people, slaves. Um, you know, we, you can't have a culture without your own language. Like, you can't. You know, like, you, That's you, true. once you take somebody and take their language from them, it becomes like they, you know, they've assimilated into a certain part of that and they lose that part about themselves. And he tells them, like, you can't, like, have culture without that. So, you know, all the signs above the doors, they're in Krakoan. It's imprinted on every mutant so they know how to read it or whatever and like when mm-hmm. they're born and you know I thought that was deep that was uh, very deep you know to say the <laughs> least yeah mm-hmm. yeah very deep and so uh yeah I thought that you know I and mean, he said this was Charles's idea now what do y'all think about Charles really being the one that's pushing this like this is all essentially Magneto's dream this is all Magneto's dream essentially. oh yeah but oh yeah Charles is the one pushing it now instead of Xavier. What do you think about that, Sammy? Well, it tells me that this is not the same Xavier that we, at least that we knew. Uh, some some changes happened. Some something's going on that he, that he would uh, basically uh, go against his his dream, which is um, peaceful coexistence with humans. You know, the the races living together, and now he's basically. Um, Weaponized Magneto's dream, his his uh, idea of his dream, the uh, separate mutant nation, you know, uh, with autonomy. Um, I can't say that word. Uh, um, so- sovereignty, and um, mm-hmm. and basically they're taking no shit from the humans. You know, that's what Magneto wants. You know, that's uh, uh, yeah. This is the way it's going to be. You're not gonna. We're not gonna fuck with you, and we're gonna make sure you don't. Uh, you're not gonna fuck with, with us. So. Which, of course, the humans always take as a threat and solve for X. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. But yeah, they, um, yeah, this, uh, something's you different. Gotta, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. You, you gotta wonder, to use a wrestling term, you gotta wonder that they, you know, let's say this is Xavier and not Cassandra Nova. Thanks for putting that thought in my head. Let's say it is Xavier. Um, that they didn't turn and heal a long time ago, Brother Peter. It seems like it, it really is a NWO Hogan thing because, you know, <laughs> the act got tired, you know. People got sick yeah. of the, 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 the yellow and orange or gold or whatever. And mm-hmm. the only way to keep that character fresh is to turn him heel. And you would think yeah. they would have turned him heel a long time ago. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if, if Big Hutch was here, he would probably say that they did. Um, and I think yeah. again, mm-hmm. I just I have to, I feel like every time I have the chance to bring this up, I do. When he when he na- labeled Mary Jane as Spider Man's greatest villain, I'm like wow, <laughs> yeah. this man is wise. This man yeah. is wise, and I think in that regard, like in some ways, Professor X is the X Men's greatest villain. But and mm-hmm. did the stretches where he's they would the the trope was they would always take him in and out of the book, and the stretches where he's in the book are completely different than when he's out. Um, mm. So yeah, I mean, it, there's definitely something going on there, and and I think you know Xavier and Magneto have I think I've always had the same dream. It's just different means, and mm. the fact that to me, if Magneto is content with the means, that means Xavier is shifted away from where he used to be, and mm-hmm. that should be right. a, that should right. be an alarm. I I can't yeah. shake the feeling that Xavier is not the bad guy in this. Mm. Yeah, and which is which 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 I'm troubled by because if that's the case then the whole thing falls apart and we end up back where we started and, yeah. and I don't want to do that. Yeah, and that and that is the problem with ambitious stories, whether it be comic books, TV shows, movies, or whatever. I mean, you know, we already referenced the Matrix on here. You take an ambitious and original idea, but you don't know how to finish it. Like, and this is right. something that, you know, and I think Hickman has actually done a fairly decent job with some of his other stuff of being able to make these broad stories and then have it continue at a certain level, you know, where it's consistent, where it doesn't just drop the hell off. And, mm. you know, he signed a three-year commitment to do this thing. You know, I saw that at Comic-Con. I read his, you know, his chat uh, transcript or whatever from his panel. So he made a three-year commitment. You know, does Marvel have a three-year? Well, does Marvel have a three-year commitment to him? Yeah, uh, that's a very good question. And the books aren't (laughs) selling or whatever. They're going to just pump him off like you know Batman did Tom King. So, Mm. so back to the book. Um, yeah, he does do this line like, "Hey, are we going? When do we get to go to Krakoa?" The ambassadors are like, "He's like, no, that's for us. No no humans are allowed there. (laughs) Uh, Not welcome there." 
So we go back to damage control, and they try to hit Mystique and Sabretooth and Toad try to get a gateway to get out of there. And Toad and Mystique make it through, when Sabretooth tries to jump through, he's stopped immediately. Uh, he's boxed in, literally, as Sue Richards shows up, the most powerful uh, member of Fantastic Four. She comes there, and um, it's like, all right, well, what is he doing here? But then very quickly, the gateway reopens, and it's Cyclops. And my note on here says, Brother Beavis, what were you thinking when Cyclops showed up? <laughs> I mean... What were you thinking? Like, his initial appearance, is, it's hard to say, but like... Um, the, the sequence of events here is you know trying to get a handle because he's been so many things and and the run that we just finished it's unclear kind of where he what he is and where he ended up but this sequence with him it's really kind of an amazing sequence where he's like hey you know we we're all equals we've all done this thing and like he like he like he stares down reed reed's intellect it's like it's a fantastic few pages for a Cyclops fan to see him be like you know you know, I, I'll, I'll sit here in front of the Fantastic Four and tell you how it's going to be and then I'll throw you a bone and say see you next time and then he drops the mic on him when he walks out yeah yep. yeah. how's the kids <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let, let Franklin know we have a spot for him because yeah. he's a mutant and you're not and that's yeah, and a, that's a that's a very interesting thing where mutants looking down on the other metas. Yeah, that's because a whole other angle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's mm. th- th- this was a Cyclops that you know. Uh, this is a kind of a new Cyclops that's an amalgam of the the the, the hard ass Cyclops that never really made sense, but at the same time the leader and the you know that 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 really is the core of him so yeah it was it's a great sequence yeah and that that last panel where he's walking away and he's he drops the line about franklin reed and sue have got clenched fists they didn't <laughs> they were yeah. not cool with what he said his uh, family yes that family line uh, that hit me deep too yeah so that yeah. that is quite a mic drop moment i was like damn cyclops yeah <laughs> so when he pops yeah. up and, and i didn't admit i didn't see the closed fist <laughs> well, when he pops up, I'm like, uh-oh. Well, I was like, because mm-hmm. really, you know, except for that scene where they fight there, that's the only, like, be- you know, comic book scene that is in there where they fight against Sabretooth. That's it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. And he showed up. I was like, oh, here we go. Right it's like, Th- go, it's like Thanos stepping out of the portal. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, like, shit, Cyclops. Yeah. And then he's like, hey, Ben, you got married? Mazel tov, my nigga. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what is, what is this? I'm like so confused. And then, yeah, he did that line about Franklin. I was like, ooh. And he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, y'all got to give Sabretooth to me, too. Like, you know, diplomatic communities. I like Sabretooth. Yeah. <laughs> You're a smart man. I know you know what amnesty means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, diplomatic community. <laughs> Has just been revoked. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> uh, Mel Gibson's an asshole, but dip, uh, Lethal Weapon 2 is pure genius, by the way. <laughs> it's, yes, it it's, is. A great it's a great movie. Right. So, yeah, and uh, Reed is just like, I don't know. I'm not sure there's a bad Lethal Weapon movie. Like, uh, bad? Yeah, not bad. Yeah. yeah. Lesser than the others, but no, yeah, bad. I will give you that. Yeah. Okay. So Reed's like, how did you, you know, like he killed some people. Like, how the hell are you just going to take him out of here? For diplomatic immunity? And yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's great. And mm-hmm. then he leaves him there. He's like, all right, you know what? You keep Sabretooth. Fuck it. You know, we'll, we'll see you later some other time. You know, have some family. And then he walks out. So, yeah, I, I, I thought it was that. And, he, you know, he tells him, he's like, I believe in Charles's plan, you know. And mm-hmm. that's it. And he's gone, you know, through a gateway. So, yeah, I, I thought that was a really cool scene. Um, and then we get this thing with the Omega level mutants. This has always oh, been yeah. a debate. You know, who are uh, Omega yeah. level mutants? Uh, yeah, because I'm like, wait, this. why is Cyclops on this list? Uh, that, yeah, I was like, screw <laughs> yeah. like, how, how did that scene lead to Cyclops uh, talking about Omega level mutants? Well, on the bottom of that thing, and again, you got it, you know, it's on there, and then, you know, it's emphasized in the director's cut. 
on there it says there's a little thing it's like the you know the community of Krakoa you must protect the omega level mutants like a, a, above all else essentially everybody else is fodder to protect these 13 people yeah yeah okay they're, so they're the, they're the most important people. assets yeah go ahead yeah so is there anybody on this list that you were like they're an omega there's a couple people on here i don't even know I mean, I know who yeah. they are, but I just don't care because they're newer mutants that they're trying to give pushes to that probably don't deserve it. Like, mm -hmm. I get Monarch. I think that's the new Captain Britain. Uh, <laughs> Elixir? Okay. Who the fuck is that? I don't even know who that is. Well, no, Jamie else. Braddock is... Jamie Braddock is... Uh, Captain that's Captain Britain's brother. brother. Yeah. Oh, Monarch You need to get your okay. Excalibur lore straight. Yeah, he's kind of like Proteus. He can manip manipulate shit, yeah. He was also I know where you're brother. going with this. Because I happen to know that you have an anti Iceman agenda, producer, trying to catch no, him out of the recent no, 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 logo. No, 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 no. I, don't. <laughs> I, 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 no, you know what? I got into it with somebody on Twitter today about this, doing my power outage at work. Um, no, about somebody who's like, hey, why is Iceman on this list? I was like, there's a whole series of books talking about if he hadn't been such a dickhead yeah. or jerk off for all this time. <laughs> could reach that power level yeah like he was you know he was su like suppressing his power but his power yeah we're never reaching yeah. his full potential he never he dick. yeah he never trained him properly he was just yeah. a, and there was a, a sequence where loki empowered him when they crossed over to asgard he empowered yeah. him to create yeah. like the endless winter and he had to wear yeah. a fly ass belt to keep himself from yeah ending the that was world. back in x-factor yeah yeah, so no, no, he, I mean, honestly, the only ones that are on this list that were the people that I don't know, like Mr. Yeah. M, who the hell is Yeah, that? I, don't I have know no idea who that is, yeah, I don't know. And I is. thought Proteus was dead. Yeah, but, well, that was I in think another book, I don't remember anything that happened before, doesn't matter, they're all alike. Wasn't Elixir, wasn't he one of the people working with the White Queen? I think he was the one with Possibly. the mask on, looked like Tonto, or not Tonto, yeah. uh, uh, Long Ranger. Uh, and then Kid Omega was in that group too. I think it's one kid with the pink hair. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's Quentin Quire. He that's yeah, a he was, that's a Grant Morrison era character. Yeah, and he's in. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Vulcan, another Summers, and then Hope Summers is on there. Vulcan? Too. What, who's Vulcan? That's Hope Cyclops' is, brother. Uh, Cyclops and Hyphex's brother, who um, okay, what was it? Their mother. Was kidnapped when uh, they were kid oh, kidnapped yeah, from yeah, Earth. Yeah, kidnapped from yeah. Earth. They, um, the Emperor, I guess, had some hanky panky, and um, he was okay. born. He's half human, yeah, because and half bird. Or yeah, because when they they introduced Adam X, like, uh, and teased yeah. him as the third Summer Brother, but I don't think he was. So yeah. it's Vulcan. Got no. it. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I think I'm with you, producer. It's like. The, my issue is that half of these people, like I've never heard of or never read significant yeah. material. Yeah, and then it's like, and, they, am they I am I bad? Am I bad for for uh, for saying you have an anti Iceman agenda? You did no, try and keep yeah. off the graphics, but. <laughs> well, but the thing is, is that uh, 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 Xavier ain't on this list. Yeah. No, he's well, not. he's an Omega. Marvel girl is. Well, he's that, not. Well, that's because Xavier doesn't exist anymore, and Cassandra Nova mm. is Xavier. Nah. Damn it. Oh, Lord. Do it. Uh, all right. So yeah, don't do it. All right. So that's a go good. Back to that's Jerusalem. a good. What? Well, that's a good point. Why is Xavier not on here? Why yeah, is Quentin Choir and Jean Grey? He's supposed to be the most. Yeah, yeah Jean Grey is not mean. not more powerful telepath than Professor X. Yeah. I mean that. And Exodus makes it on the list too, and we know he was supposed to be dead. Yeah, the uh, Shadow King's not on here either for either. telepathy or yeah or whatever. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. currently. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, all right, so back in Jerusalem, the cuckoos are basically like as the meeting is wrapping up. You know, they've been trained in telepathy, or you know, the battle of telepath, but not trained that well. So they've read all of their minds or whatever. And essentially, the Chinese are like, hell yeah, we'll, we'll give you this stuff. Mutants, France is like, yeah, if we can get them drugs, though, you know, on the slide. <laughs> the Russians are like, hell no. And the other people are all just plants from like strike, sword, shield, or whatever. And so, and Magneto gets to the part where he gets to give his whole speech at the end, basically saying, you know, y'all are all sheep's and wolves' clothing. You know, I used to think it was just like there were only a couple of you. You're all freaking uh, wolves and sheep's clothing. Excuse me. Yeah. And you know, we brought you here to Jerusalem so you could meet, you know, meet your new gods. You know, and cut in tape. 
you know, and and that's issue number one of House of X. Again, I read it the first time when I worked. I came home, I read it again, and I wound up reading it again today, getting ready for the show. Mm. This is a solid book. This is by far the most solid X-Men book we've read in the three plus years we've been doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it's going, but at least I feel good about where it's going to go. Like, I, I'm at least intrigued to get, you know, two weeks from intrigued. now when the next issue comes out. I'm mm-hmm. intrigued about what's going to happen. It doesn't feel, again, like paint by numbers. Like, okay, we're going to do this, this, this. Then we're going to introduce, you know, a Wolverine character. Then Magneto's going to come back. Then Mystique is going to, like, I don't think we're going to get any of that over the course of these, like, six books for the, you know, or 12, however many weeks this is, is going to be for House of X and Power of X. I don't think we're going to get any of that. And I'm okay with it. So, uh, for me, a uh, big old thumbs up. Can't wait next week for, uh, for Power of X and, or how, whichever one of them, I don't even know. But it's Power of X. I can't wait for it. So, hmm. yeah, way thumbs up. What says hmm. you, Sammy? I really like this. Um, I was wondering if i had the feelings like man i hope this isn't a letdown because all the build-up and all the you know we heard that he blocked out three years to dedicate to marvel to work on this series and then and whatever else i don't know if it's just this but um and i'm pleasantly surprised and i'm very happy with what i read this is um this is deep i don't really understand exactly everything that's going on um but that's okay because they hooked me. They've intrigued me. I'm um, um, <laughs> something Magneto says at the very end. You have new gods now. That kind of hit me. I was like, wow, they're not. They don't give a fuck <laughs> anymore. They're <laughs> and I was like, well, I, wow, I really am intrigued. I'm really curious of like where they're going with this and all the information they dropped in the book too. I thought it was very smart how they inserted it in the book as you read and. Um, because obviously I've, this is all going to come back uh, at some point and um, they're going to hit on this stuff and I want to know what's how's this going to manifest what's this, what's this all about and um, <laughs> Cyclops and his behavior as we were talking about earlier uh, just there's a lot of stuff in this book that's just very good um, I'm very happy I like this this is a you are right producer this is probably the best X-Men book we've read and I can't even tell you <laughs> since one of the classics a very long time oh, a very long yeah. time yeah because we get this for the next three months essentially August, September and then the new books launch in October like it's, it alternates weeks so House of X 1 Power of X 1 this week coming uh, and then so forth and so on until the books come out until uh, they end at each miniseries of six issues Brother Beavis what were you thinking? Yeah, I mean just even more so tonight as we we pulled back layers of the book that that each of us had not even thought about before you know whether it's the fantastic swore reaction to cyclops or you know the 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 various like potentially more subtle less subtle indicators that maybe professor x and professor x i mean there's there's so much substance and so much again consistency with what we've always seen but just a different take i mean it's i i it's I hate to say it, but it's like strangely exciting. Like it's it's yeah. actually mm. a, a book worth reading, and a, a, you know, being excited for one of these event books that they've crammed down our throats for so long. It's just a bizarre mm. feeling. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I know. I agree. Yeah, I, I again, y'all were there. We read the books. I remember sitting at this table doing this podcast for. I, was, I remember I was so hyped for the relaunch of Blue and Gold. I was like, mm. man, this oh, is yeah. finally <laughs> going to be it. This is it. Burn. It burned hard. Like yeah. two or three was, issues in, it was like this is the same old shit. And then they got. Fun. It was just bad. You know, and then that same book that you were talking about, where they brought like kind of like the '90s X team together, it was like Rogue, Gambit, Bishop, Storm. You know, well, I was like, man, this is gonna be pretty good. And then like five issues in, oh, they're fighting Proteus, and what? What is this? And uh, you know, Phantom A, uh, uh, X, uh, and just it, you don't get anything. And I think here's the here's the rub, and I think we've all been through this too with a couple particular books or whatever from doing this for a long time. All right, you brought in an awesome writer, and then Hickman's going to do these books here for these three months or whatever. 
then he's got a three-year commitment or whatever tomorrow from there. But he's not going to be writing every single book. He's only going to be writing like some of them. Right. And you know, so what happens to those other books? Like that—that that becomes the issue. Like, hey, you yeah. know, you got these great team on team on books one and two, but you're giving me like eight books. And I, I'm not going to read eight books anyway because I can't afford eight books. But like, are the stories matching up, or is it just like some, you yeah. know, hanger yeah. on, lagging on type of shit? that just drags the, the even the good books down. And that's the part that I worry about. That's why when they launched, when they gave all those titles for those other books, and I was just like, and I, we sent it to y'all, and I don't want to do it now because we're, you know, about an hour. Like, a lot of those books look like they're going to suck, Brother Beavis. And I mean suck, suck. I don't care who the hell's writing it. You know, but you know what? If, if, uh, if there had been some sort of wager, like, you know, if, if, uh, if you have to decide to buy all our books for the next year uh, versus whatever would counterbalance that based on the quality of this one book, yeah. I would, right now, I would buy all those books for a year. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Kitty Pride, the Kitty Pride, the pirate leader of the Marauder book, sounds like the <laughs> stupidest thing in the world. <laughs> but, like, right now, I'm like, I I have like, man, I'm Charlie Brown. I'm about to kick. I'm about to beat Jan Stenerud's like goal record of all time. You don't even know how far I'm about to kick this football. Just Lucy, just hold it right there, girl. I got this. Yeah. Like I'm I'm like so my blinders are on like so yeah. tight right now. Yeah. And I, I can only imagine what it like. We've just been like angry old men for the longest time. Yeah. Other uh, outside of like outside of like the Infinity War like review, we we're like, oh, yeah. this is that crazy. Movie. Outside of that, like we have been right. angry old man right now, yeah. and I'm like, I feel like we have become children again. It's yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, my, my, one of my lines in that Infinity War podcast is like, all right, we're about to fellace this movie for about yeah. an hour, so yeah. <laughs> Just to let you know, because we were so jaded going in, we were like, man, I don't know, this is going to suck, and I just don't think that they could follow up whatever we were, you know, whatever expectations or, or apprehensions that we had going in, you know, and we had those probably times 10 going into these books. Now, again, yeah. next week... Yeah, because the comic our, book bar is a billion yeah. times higher than the movie bar. Yeah. I mean, because okay. even, yeah. the, even the okay movies are all right, but the, the comics have been just shit. For so long, yeah, yeah. for a long yeah. time, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that, and that's what I'm saying. And, and next week, you know, people, y'all, uh, you know, thank y'all for listening or whatever. Next week on Thursday night at eleven o'clock or whatever, we could be sitting here going, "Fucking Power of X was shit." <laughs> they got me again. Yep. You know, yeah. <laughs> I left I left work again and bought a freaking copy of you know Power of X, and it was bought garbage. You know, mm. we, we could totally get sucked in again. But I oh, yeah. feel better getting sucked in this time than obligated. Like this time, I feel like I don't. I don't feel obligated. I'm like, oh, I really kind of want to know what this is about. Are the stories? I don't even know. Are the stories intertwined? Are they two separate stories that are coming out? You know, like I, I don't know. But you know, I'm gonna find out, and I'm at least interested and intrigued in an X Men book for the first time in forever. Mm-hmm. So yes. Yeah, so well done, Jonathan Hickman. You you got us. You, you definitely got us hooked, hooked. in. Uh, so, yep. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Hook, line, and sinker. So, Alright, yep. right, so that wraps up uh, the Marvel Hacks uh, Season 7 issue or episode number <laughs> one. Uh, remember, you better find this podcast on South Carolina. It's iTunes, w- Stitcher, 1B. Right. 1B, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> alternate, that's correct. Alternate cover. Alternate cover. Alternate cover. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I need a t shirt that says I'll clean it up and post. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Brothers Comics News, oh, I got nothing. Uh, so, yeah. Well, no, Hutch is going to Gym Con uh, in Indianapolis this coming weekend, and not this weekend, but the following weekend, uh, the first weekend in August. So he'll be there uh, if you're into gaming and Dungeons and & Dragons and all that kind of stuff, so, uh, Pathfinder, all that, like, he'll be there. He'll, he asked me for a Brothers Comics t-shirt in triple XL, and I was just like, bruh. No, I don't have any of those. <laughs> so sorry, but no, wow. I don't. 
Uh, yours was a special order then, and it would be a special order now. So, no, I don't. Uh, don't come on the show, you get clown hush. All right, so yeah, so that about that. <laughs> Remember, you may find me on social media at Brothers Comics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, you may find Sammy and Sammy415 on Twitter and Facebook. I have Brother Beavis is in the ether. Uh, and uh, if you haven't, because I've updated a lot here in the last week or so, you can go to the website, to the blog at brotherscomics.com. I got reviews on these comic books. I got reviews on uh, everything that happened at, at Hall H. Um, I even got a review of a bad freaking uh, Netflix movie that they put out there that should have been on Lifetime, A Secret Obsession. It was terrible. <laughs> you should go and read that <laughs> so you don't waste your time and watch yeah, it's terrible. And I post, I posted an article. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. On the even hateful, even terrible Marvel movies have something good about them. Yeah, it was <laughs> the uh, thing, things I like in the movies that I don't. Was the, yes, uh, exactly. The right. time. Yeah. Yes, so yes, go click. Uh, yes, all those clicks help everything. So please do. And subscribe to these podcasts as well. That's um, something that helps us out a lot as well. So, uh, oh, yeah, I think I announced, yeah, uh, Dragon Con, Hutch or I will be there. One of us will be at Dragon Con at the end of, uh, of August. So, I don't know if it'll be me or if it'll be Hutch, but somebody will be there. Uh, and somebody's going to need to buy a Triple X Brothers Comics t-shirt. But anyway, all right, so yeah, so as <laughs> the Marvel Hacks, uh, as the X-Men, the animated movie, uh, music starts to play us out. Again, I am the producer of this podcast, and I'm signing off. Uh, Sandman, go ahead and sign off. Okay, fellow mutants, excuse me, let me say it right. Uh, Sayonara, we will see you on the next episode. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's come to me, my mutants. Uh, go ahead and sign off, Brother Beavis. <laughs> Sally, hey. Sally ain't pulled the ball away. Lucy ain't pulled the ball away yet, me. Yeah, I mean, in, in a way, it's it's almost sad to say goodbye because, I mean, as much as I enjoy this and as much I, as I enjoy, like, just unleashing the hate, like I, I was like so looking forward to this because it was just I, I was like excited to talk about comics and I just I, yeah. I hope we keep it going. This this is awesome. Yeah, I, I think the yeah. the the Marvel uh, the direction of the Phase Four is like we're not ready for it, but it's it's become that much more intriguing. And X Men seem like they're actually going to do something. And we didn't have to talk about DC this week, which was that much better. So yeah. that's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not a look, lot happening I, over there on that side. Look forward That's to next sure. time. See you all. Awesome. Yeah. All right. And, yeah, real quick, Mr. L. Smith, he's a follower on Twitter or whatever. He, he, after after issue 22 of Uncanny X-Men, after he read it, because he was really hyped for it, and he was like, man, y'all better be nice on the podcast. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh. <laughs> I, like, I don't know, bro. <laughs> I'll do my best, but I, I can't. I feel, I feel like there's going to be like a conspiracy theory that I was replaced by somebody way more optimistic because I don't think I've ever yeah, yeah. like I don't think I've ever said anything nice about anything till tonight. So we'll see. You <laughs> <goes>. <laughs> is there a new? Stuff. Is there a new brother yeah. Beavis tonight? Yeah, exactly. No, we've said nice things, but yeah. So yeah. Again, good night, y'all. Thanks for listening. Uh, like I said, rate, review, subscribe. We'll see you on the other side. Peace. Peace. Yep.